Hi, in today's episode, we have Mumpy and Bonji. Welcome, Mumpy and Bonji. Mumpy and Bonji is the pseudonym of Anantram and Dr. Minakshi Anantram, who are the founders of Rohit Memorial Trust. In today's podcast, they will talk about the work they do as medical clowns in the pediatric cancer wards. So, quite a few of my listeners, I don't think we know about the use of clowns as a service in hospitals. And of course, this has been taken from the circus world to improve people's mood and state of mind. You'd be very surprised to know that evidence for the existence of clowns in hospitals go back to Hippocrates or even prehistoric times. Yet, it seems that only after the premiere of the movie Patch Adams in 1998 did people become more aware of the potential benefits of medical clowns. So this is where clowning is serious business is a great palliative care that is new to India. So welcome Dr. Minakshi and Anantram. Let's talk of the start of your work. So let's begin with Minakshi and then we're going to move on to Anant and hear about Minakshi, your work and where did this whole clowning business begin? Hi Mahua, this is Bonji the clown and uh, I'm really proud to be a medical clown because uh, what we do is something so fantastic. We actually disrobe our ego, get out of being normal human beings like most of our listeners are, and we become Superman and Superwoman by donning the costume of a clown. Mahua, uh, clowning is very new, relatively new to this country, India. But I think that most of the Indians have it inside them to be generally great clowns. And that's exactly what Mampi and Bonji have tapped into. Uh, Our story starts with us losing a child. When we lost our 21-year-old son to cancer, we were two sad parents, Moa. And, uh, you know, having had no sorrow before this, we did not know how to hold our hearts and hands together till we saw this opportunity of actually laughing at our pain. And then was born Mumpy and Bonji. Mumpy being Rohit's clown, Rohit's uh, little baby toy clown, And our younger boy, Rahul, had his toy, Bonji. So his parents became Mumpy and Bonji. And that started a beautiful story for us. So this is fantastic. And of course, my heart tears. And I, as a mother, I cannot even bear to imagine the kind of loss. So it is so brave of you to do this. So let me hear from Anand. What was the experience like when you go inside the ward? I mean, I would like to think that this would mainly work in children's wards because with adults, they would be a little aggressive when you know, you're know you dealing with diseases like cancer. So let's hear Anitram tell me a little bit about his experience while you're in the wards. Do you guys also work with senior uh, patients or it's only with children that you work with? Yeah, hi, Mumpy here. Hi, Mumpy. It's uh, great to be a cloud. You see, hospitals are very, very difficult places to be in. What with the sanitized smells, with the antiseptic, you know, as such. And then you see people around you who are ill. And, you know, there's a whole atmosphere of gloom. And this gloom can be overpowering. And patients, you know, Start getting depressed just because of a hospital atmosphere. I mean, it's so depressing. But when we actually go, you know, what we are able to do is to enliven the atmosphere that these patients are in. 
while our focus is into pediatric cancer and terminally ill children, it was very interesting to hear the perspective of a doctor during one of our trust meetings when he said, he said, you are clowning, you are bringing smiles into these children's faces. But believe me, there are other patients who are so happy to see you guys. What everyone needs in life is laughter and happiness and an alleviation of a depressed mood. And I think this is what clowning does. And we are very happy to bring the smile back into the lives, into the faces of patients, whoever they are. But yes, our target is for the smaller children because they just love to have fun and like those small antics, those small tricks, those small games that we play as medical clowns. And it gives us so much of happiness. Thank you. Yeah. So coming back, you know, to uh, both of you as a question, and I don't know which one of you is going to choose to answer. Who came up with this whole idea about uh, getting into medical, you know, getting into the whole clowning business in the medical field between the two of you? When was that moment? Share with the listeners, you know, because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, it's so amazing because as parents, yeah, you have to go beyond yourself, you know, beyond uh, your being. And uh, I, I, I can't even, I can't even fathom the kind no of grit. There was an event, basically professionally, I'm an event manager and yes, I actually manage others' about events. Yes. But you know, at one such event, when we were doing a birthday party, the clown uh, who we had got for the party, he ditched us to the last minute and uh, we were panicking. And uh, somehow I stood up and said, I would love to be that clown. And I don't know what it was, whether it was really me, but there was something inside me that said that I could be that clown. And within half an hour, a clown was born inside of me. And those were the early days of our trauma of having lost a child. And I was thinking, is this a drama that I'm part of? Am I trying to just fix a puzzle just because I have a job to do? But when I went on to that stage and the light came on, I found that, you know, I had transported myself from being a sad mother to an amazing clown. And uh, my employees were shocked because till then I was crying. And suddenly they saw me jumping and, you know, having such a ball of a time with the little children. I came back home and told Anand that, you know, I had done something. I had set my soul free. I think that was the moment. And thereon, I have been keenly looking around at these sunshine moments and then realized that maybe this is a signal, you know, for us to just lift ourselves up and be part of that happiness. So I guess this is an idea that came about eight, nine years ago, but it took two, three years, you know, of hibernation for us to actually do it. How are the hospitals with the two of you? I mean, if Anand can answer this for me, because, you know, because uh, laughter is a therapy, you know, in, in when you go into hospitals and you really talk to an allopathic doctor, they don't want to delve into any of these things. They really just want to talk to you. It's so sterilized. It's so sanitized, you know, and uh, they will laugh at you if you want to talk about, um, I've been unwell myself and I know what it's like because, you know, when you're depressed, you have everything going against you, especially if you're fighting a disease that can be life-altering. So, uh, is the medical fraternity uh, open to this whole thing? Because I really think that for children, you know, we medical clowns must become absolutely a must in every pediatric ward and every hospital must ensure that this is done, you know, across across uh, India, you know, including the government hospitals to everywhere else. But how was your experience uh, for both of you when you went in there? So Anand, if you could answer that. 
So it's a very interesting question. And I'm very happy for one reason that today doctors are looking at holistic remedies, you know, not just cutting up something or just uh, prescribing some medicines. They're looking at the overall well-being of a patient. And uh, believe me, uh, we had absolutely no resistance. And when we said it, yes, there was, hey, what can you guys do? You know, and uh, I guess it was like a thing, okay, maybe let's try it out. But when they saw the response, when they saw the smiles, I mean, we had the doctors, we had their the nurses, we had the medical assistants, all, you know, with us, uh, having fun with us. You know, even for them, even for the doctors, even for the nurses, it's a moment of joy. And they said, sir, this is so wonderful. We never even thought that we'll have so much of fun. It is such a welcome break in our day-to-day routine. And I think that's where, you know, it is a holistic impact. It is not only for the patient, it's also for the doctors and nurses. And I think when we do this, we are going to bring smiles all around. And the hospital is definitely going to be a happier place with lesser focus on the depressing sites that we see day in and day out. But holistic health is really not really discussed, you know, when you go into a cancer ward and when you go into, you know, wards where, you know, people are really struggling. So this is very interesting when you say this, because, you know, in my in my little utopian world, I would like to believe that that is true. And doctors would look at the utopian world of talking about holistic health. But this is uh, really dystopia that we live in because medical uh, medical business is big business, you know, in our country. Yeah. Uh, so, but you know, Mahua, that is, but I would just like to interrupt now. Yeah, there was sure. a resistance not from the medical fraternity, but we found that the, you know, there's a denial in the parents who have terminally ill children. And we understand that they resisted us because they were so sad that we were reminding them that, you know, they were trying to have fun during a very painful time. So, we had a resistance in them accepting us. So the child was okay, the doctors were okay, the healthcare, uh, you know, the team was okay. But the parents per se, they were trying to you know, Maybe, fight the fact that they didn't need this the sunshine around. So we had to really fight, get into the mind of the parent and tell them our story. It's only when they realized who we were. Otherwise, they were just we were just two jokers making asses of ourselves. So, you know, it was the parents. It was the bottom line. Yeah, they were the sad people. And it was fantastic when we could reach that hand and hold it. So, it is the wound, I guess, Minakshi, that they were holding on to, right? You know, that uh, was extremely difficult for them to overcome that whole grief. So, maybe you could tell us one incident or two incidents that you think has really become a very, between both of you, I would really like to hear your separate incidents. Maybe, Minakshi, we could start with you. As to which was that one, you know, absolutely that moment of you know that moment when you feel one with yourself that you're doing something as noble as what you are doing uh, and when a parent reached out to you or a child reached out to you some experience that has left an indelible mark in your heart if you could share that with our listeners I would like to speak about a very very special case very close to my heart a dear friend of mine uh, her name is Bina. her daughter very very enterprising outspoken very smart girl 24, 25-year-old, smart, beautiful girl, was diagnosed with cancer and they were fighting tooth and nail for the you know child. And when I went and asked the mother that we were starting a clowning thing, would 
would Tamanna uh, like to join us on this? She said, no, no, don't do this, Didi, because, you know, it's painful for her. But uh, Tammy Clown was so insistent and uh, Tammy Clown joined us just after her chemo. I still remember she just finished her chemo and the next day she was with us in a hospital jumping and dancing. And uh, it was a moment when everything broke in my heart, you know, every boundary. I was so proud. There was a cancer, you know, a kid with cancer whose mother said that she would never be able to do this. She actually joined us. And Tammy Clown today is cured. She's now with the ISB. And she takes the story of medical clowning ahead. Here is a patient who has taught us, you know, that what we have done is absolutely right. She's been with us. And I think this is the most beautiful clown I ever know. She is a survivor. We also have many survivors who've come and joined us as clowns. And they forget their cancer story. All they know is that they have to help somebody. That is you know, the gratitude. are on that road, it's amazing. That is the gratitude, I guess, that you have, you know. So yeah, Anit, maybe you could also share something that, you know, stays back with you. That would be wonderful to know. Yeah, so uh, Minakshi was talking about the uh, resistance of parents. And I remember this one parent who had this child and... Uh, the child wanted to come and, you know, have fun with us on the stage. But the parents said, no, 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 this, you know, was adjusting and cuddling him. But when that parent saw all some other children who just, you know, they just said to hell with you, they told their parents and they jumped on the stage with us and started having fun. This parent was looking and he says, hey, maybe my uh, daughter would be happy with this. And, you know, the parent came voluntarily forward and just put, his little daughter must have been two, three-year-old. I don't recollect how old the child was. but And then the child was so happy. And, you know, he kept dancing even after the music got over. So, you see, you know, it was an uh, instance where even a parent overcame that, you know, mental block. Because it is a, there is a lot of pain for the parent. But, you know, when this child, when he, he saw, it was a father, if I remember right. Yeah, it was a father. And uh, he... When he saw his daughter, you know, really enjoying herself, and he said, okay, there is something to this. And he was so thankful to us. That was a defining moment for me that, yes, maybe we are doing something good and we are doing something right. What about the aggression? I mean, do you meet parents who are aggressive and how do you deal with that? Because I would like to believe that, you know, the minute there is a huge wound, which is a huge deep hurt, sometimes people uh, do process that with anger, you know, with a lot of resentment, anger, and that does come out in aggression. So, um, you know, and clowning, like I said, is a very, very holistic part of healing, which a lot of people during that absolute state of crisis may not be able to really comprehend the benefits of laughter. So, uh, how do you, you know, deal with this whole aggression? No, I think uh, this is very simple. Uh, we don't push the parent. Okay. I mean, we, uh, we don't push the parent. Are there any patients who are ever aggressive? No, never. Never. I have not come across that. There is denial, yes. But aggression, no. They just so that, feel that, why did it happen to me? And now they feel bad. You know, families feel like that. But we never, we say... We encourage them. We have our volunteers uh, who come and say, uh, why don't you ask your child to come? No, gently cajole them, but you know, uh, and they said no. When they say no, we just, you know, leave it at that. Like I told you, this parent just came, uh, was, was from a no, became a 100% yes. So, you know, it is the atmosphere we create that makes uh, patients and families receptive to it. And 
when we talk more and more like in these sessions we we should act more we should counsel and we all, we always tell them you know if you have an issue why don't you come and talk to us because uh, the main aim of our trust is to counsel uh, patients and parents and uh, you know we, we do this so and when we do it repeatedly you know i think it it really helps so resistance i have not seen uh, to or aggression for that matter no not not really there's a small point of difference here mahua what i have seen very closely is uh, it's not just cancer whenever there is a terminal illness for a child there are two things that happen to the couple you know the parents either they move away from each other or they move very close to each other most of the cases i have found they blamed each other at least you know the when the child is very small they've used each other as punching bags so most of the parents especially you know children a child who's 3 4 years his parents in the 30s or in you know, early 40s there is no love between them you see the romance has died down they carry the burden of the guilt of having a child who's sick i've seen this in most of the patients and uh, when a clown enters such a scenario you know sometimes they resist and uh, we have to actually when we go and talk to a child or play with the child the child is only incidental we are actually looking at the couple at the sad parents because that's what we were sometime back and we try to bring them back together so in the second phase of our journey it's not about the child it's not about the patient it's about the caregiver and you know emotionally how they are so sometimes after the child passes away because most of them are terminally ill these parents come back to us uh, in fact i've actually counseled a couple that uh, wanted to divorce after the child passed away and they had no reason except pain it's strange it's not strange at all my god minakshi my heart just bleeds to hear this because you know to handle a crisis together you know is is just i think it's one of the most difficult part in any relationship because very few of us have that sort of grit or courage to even accept that uh, you know in calamity like this can happen in one's life and especially about caregivers i mean i myself have been with a autoimmune disorder and i was bedridden and i remember feeling a lot of resistance towards my caregiver who was looking after my child at that time so because you know you really really keep thinking why you you know and these are questions and answers that i don't think people have that sort of enlightenment at that moment when you're really struggling with physically uh, you know with uh, with a debilitating disease but i would really like for one of you or both of you to you know take turns to tell us as to how did you deal with it when you know you uh, got to know that your son was diagnosed with cancer how was you know what was the conversation at home between the two of you obviously you guys have overcome a humongous hurdle and you've come out so beautifully together to give back uh, you know to the world uh, you know a, a better residue of your pain in a you know in in such a wonderful exuberant way but how did the two of you deal with it initially when you came together because there are so many of our listeners who probably are dealing with a situation like this and you know hearing it straight from the uh, from a person who has the experience will really really help them so tell me you know you can take both take turns to tell me a little bit about that mahua i was 18 years old when i first met my husband he was in his college and i was in school and we decided to get married i was 19 and he was 23 and uh, he's been my best friend all my life and uh, we've laughed we've cried together and you know very so often we've told each other 
that we have to be attached but detached and it sounded like something fantastical you know something you like bujo words when you're growing up the day rohit was diagnosed with cancer it hit me why we were saying this time and again to each other because we had to be attached and detached at the same time uh, i will never forget that day because i was in total denial and uh, anantram is very balanced but for me my first born was everything he meant everything to me and uh, he was not just a baby he was my best friend and you know we have two sons and it would always be that the older one would come to me and the younger one would go to the father and when we had team games it would always be appa and rahul ammi and rohit so it was my partner it was a, it was a personal loss for me and uh, for the father i mean he, i think he just became father for me too and uh, somewhere this distancing has helped us because uh, we've learned to be strong we never knew pain man we just didn't know pain at least we had only happy times till then and suddenly we had this damn big word called rhabdomyosarcoma it sounded so fantastic but it was such a villain in our life and uh, every moment five months rohit went through it luckily he went away in five months every day was a blessing every day he taught us both of us that the child is the father of the man our child taught us he had out of body experiences he became spiritually he was such a normal child but the things he said to us uh, the message he left for us what we are doing today is something that he told us to do in a very discreet manner i think you know that pain makes you numb initially and in the numbness you tend to flow but uh, for all those parents out there who have little children or old parents was ill hug your child every day kiss your child every day you never know you never know all of us come with an expiry date bit forgotten to do that and uh, i feel to looking back today that those five months i don't know how we dealt with it i can't even imagine how we did it and uh, i'm i'm sure you would have much more to say because you're the practical one i used to cry every day uh yes it was like a huge boulder that fell on the family and uh, it it really shocked us we were not prepared for it uh, frankly and uh, once he went away there was a lot of you know agony lot of pain lot of issues to deal with but after several months maybe close to a year uh, in 2008 sometime he said how long are we going to cry we can we could, i mean uh, we could always grieve we could always do this but you know rohit was a spark he always loved life and lived life to its fullest and then i think we both you know felt that grieving is really not going to help because end of the day what are we doing we are just creating gloom and spreading gloom in our environment in, in with right from starting from the family to society why not celebrate his life and you know let's celebrate rohit's life every part that he loved the 21 years that he was on planet earth let's celebrate it you know he loved music he loved uh, uh he was a very intelligent kid he loved the uh, you know students he loved teaching you know he loved animals 
And uh, we said, okay, I mean, let's celebrate his life. And, you know, uh, an interesting thing is, you know, when we started doing this, we found that we got a lot of satisfaction. We could see Rohit in every child. We could see Rohit in every uh, stray dog that we uh, accosted or that accosted us. I mean, dogs accost us. We don't accost the dogs. The dogs accost us. When we go to, we went to a random place in Dehradun. And there was a dog that just came up to me, sidled up to me and kept, just kept following me all through the, the um, uh, mall uh, in Dehradun. I, I don't know. Uh, in uh, Missouri, sorry, Missouri. And uh, it just kept following. And then when I, I said hello, I spoke to it. It looked at me, gave some sweet smiles and walked away. So you see, we see Rohit in everything that we do. And I think that's what gives us happiness. We cut cakes on his birthday along with a group of children. We celebrate uh, his life. So, I mean, and, and, and obviously we see through our trust all of this. And I must say that, you know, this art of giving, this art of sharing is something that Meenakshi has uh, taught me and the family, you know. And once we do it, what we get back is priceless. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on today's episode. I am spellbound with what you do and I'm short of words in telling you how honored I am to have the two of you on my podcast today this means a lot to me for opening up sharing your personal story and your journey with all our listeners out there so thank you so much Dr. Minakshi and thank you so much Anantram but before I end there's a line from Patch Adams that I'd like to say that the role of a clown and a physician are the same it is to elevate the possible and to relieve suffering. And on that note, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. Beautiful. This is beautiful. Thank, thank you, Mahua. God bless you. Thank you, Manakshi. Thank you, Anantram. Thank you. To you, our dearest listeners, you can find us on your favorite streaming services. Find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and of course, all other major streaming services. With loads of love, we are Moody Mo Podcast, where Hatke is hot. Hatke is hot.